You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 193 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia, the very well-travelled Gina Militia who's gone to some exotic place that I'm not interested in going to but um, she was. So how, how are you Gina and where did you go? Oh, so uh, I, I'm just getting over the jet lag, uh, but I'm good, Val. How are you going? I'm well, I'm well. I haven't been jet setting around the world though, but I'm okay with that. Yes, I'm just back from India where I was in Chennai doing a shoot. I was actually doing some filming, which was a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, and then I was able to also on my days off get out and wander around the streets of Chennai. So like Uber is very big over there, which is fantastic. So really? every morning I'd jump into – yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I had downtime, I'd get up at like 6 and head out. Already you've lost interest, haven't you, Val, when I said <laughs> I got up at 6 a.m., not p.m., yep. and uh, – would wander out to like further out, like not not the centre of the city where I was staying, but like out maybe an hour out of town into like the really rustic uh, villages. And honestly, I felt like I was in – I'd step back in time into 1950 and like you don't see iPhones on the streets. The, um, the people of Chennai are big on like reading newspapers. Like you see them every morning and, and that was such a beautiful sight because you don't see it that often and just generous and beautiful and I really – I had a ball and I uh, this time I – kept my shooting really simple and just worked with available light and uh, one lens, one camera, not lugging a lot of stuff around, trying to travel light and go unnoticed and more documentary. And I did some um, portraits where I actually asked people if it was okay to shoot them. And yeah, I like loved it in my happy place. And it was like, uh, you won't like this bit either, Val, like (laughs) shooting in a sauna. So it's very, very hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so like on the actual filming shoots that we were doing, it, it felt like I was in a Bikram sauna class. Oh <laughs> Just my goodness. So I really do not, do not like Bikram. To get hydrated and, uh, oh. but the trick is, uh, salt. They, they serve this drink, which is salt in lime juice and soda. Oh. Oh, yeah. And that actually really helps you uh, hydrate as well because that was one of the problems. You kind of be feeling dizzy because you're so dehydrated. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That lime juice thing that they have, that's also very full of sugar, isn't it? 
They put a lot of sugar no, in there. There is, but like the trick is, and also Indonesia do the same thing. So I've yeah. learned um, to ask always, uh, no sugar, please. Um, ah, yes. Sugar. So it's a salty, uh, salty lime juice. Again, not for everyone, but I, mm. I really like it. What have you been doing? Well, hang on. Did you know, just speaking of Indonesia, yeah. that they have this drink, which is very common. And the first time I saw it, I almost spewed but it's a very i'm sure it, it probably it, it probably chucked buffed um i <laughs> uh, but you know apparently it's tasty so perhaps i rushed to judgment and my dad even drinks it so it's called s apricot which is iced avocado but what it is it's iced coffee with smashed avocado in it so oh. you make yeah you make the coffee you put ice in it in the milk and then you get the avocado and you just squish it into your coffee and that is the drink it's quite common first time I saw my dad make it I thought he had taken leave of his senses but uh, then I went to Indonesia and saw it everywhere weird right is this a this sounds like a hipster invention to me. It sounds like something you'd have in, in like in a in a cafe now. It's like this smashed avo you, you latte. Would. Yeah, you'd think so, except yeah, and it originated in Indonesia. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's like you get everything in that's like uh, the complete breakfast. I couldn't yeah, stomach that's it. True. So anyway, uh, this podcast is not about um, the drinks around the world. Smashed it's actually lattes. about <laughs> photography, believe it or not. And I'm I'm very excited about this week's topic, which is what type of photographer are you? That is so interesting because there are different types of photographers. I'm interested to hear your take on it. Um, but before mm. we get into that, what else has been happening now that you're back? Okay, you've come back from. From your from your jaunt where you had lots of lime juice and and yeah. lots of newspaper reading, uh, and now you're back in Melbourne. What's so, happening? Yes, so uh, organising like backup, making sure I've got uh, like enough hard drive space and moving everything around, and also um, I've been working on some stuff for the gold membership. So uh, we've been I've been working on some low key lighting tutorials, and uh, you and I are also working on a headshot course, Val. So we've been casting that and uh, getting all of yes. that organised. So that is keeping us very very busy, and I. You know, we've so, uh, how, how to shoot headshots is the next course that's going to come as a bonus to everyone who is in the gold community. If you're not in the gold community, you'll be you'll be able to buy it. Um, but make sure you do check out the gold community as well if you're interested in a wonderful membership with people from all walks of life at all different levels of photog- photography. There's professionals, there's newbies, because everything is also tagged between with uh, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. So you can go to the section that suits you. Heaps and heaps of tutorials in there, behind the scenes shoots at everything from location shoots to um, uh, the TV award ceremonies to behind the scenes and portrait shots. And it's such a great, it's just built up to be such a great resource for photographers. And if you're interested, then go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. Um, we'd love to see you in there. So check it out. Um, but shall we move on to this week's topic, Gina? Yeah, yeah, let's get into it, Belle. 
All right. What All type right, of so- photographer are you? Now, I'm interested to, when I hear what Gina has to say, what type of photographer she thinks she is because, of course, the kind of photographer she thinks she is might be quite different to the kind that I think she is. So <laughs> let's see what she has to say. Yeah, I think this is a really good thing for everyone to have a think about. So I think chances are, like, if you're listening to this podcast, once or twice you probably tick the box marked photographer or photography as a hobby or passion or it's a career choice, right? So you're not just listening to the podcast because you love our opening monologue about avocado lattes, <laughs> although there probably are people that do, maybe. Hello, yeah. if that's what you Um <laughs> But when you think about photography, it, 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 it basically describes anyone with a camera that records images, right? Mm. So if we were to apply this literal interpretation of photography, then that means that Jan, who takes your mugshot in the driver's licence office, she's a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. Dave, who photographs his bum at the office Christmas party, is also a photographer. He would be an art photographer, an arty photographer, right? Creative, if you like. The, Sally, who photographs sunsets on the weekend as an enthusiast, she's also a photographer. Steve, who photographs real estates for a living, he's a photographer. Sharon photographs the GP motorcycle races, is a photographer. So that there are and we can add, to, can you think of some other types? You know, there's people who do dental photography. There's people yeah. who do drone. Um, baby photography, drone photography. There are lots of different genres of photography. Yes. Okay, so we there can agree on that. There are people who do birth photography. Birth photography. There's, um, you know, people who photograph the night sky, astrophotography. Yeah. We're, we're, but there are... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like people who photograph food for a living, not just on Instagram, but actual food for cookbooks and things like that. So we can agree that there's hundreds of different definitions based on what people shoot. But we can break this definition down further and discuss the type of photographer that you are, irrespective of what you shoot. And, um, The reason I want to delve into this is because the more you understand why you like to do what you do, the Mm. easier it is to develop and hone your skills. And the more you understand what resonates with you, the faster you'll develop a unique style. And it's important to develop a unique style because if you've got a style that's sets you apart from everyone else your your work is going to be more authentic and uh and the more authentic your work is and the more unique it is the the easier it is for other people to recognize you as uh apart from everyone else you don't want your photography to just look like everyone else's We've already got those everyone else's, all right? And so, I mean, the way I can say it in another way is there's – you see – you get the original singer, right? Say you have um, Elvis Presley, right? Now, you can have to know that he was very unique in his style and there's only one Elvis, right? Yeah. But – 
there are a thousand Elvis cover bands as well, like covers that people yes. that, that, that pretend to be Elvis, but they're never going to be the real Elvis because we already had the real Elvis. So they will have make an okay living, but, you know, not like the, the original Elvis. So, you know, if you, if you want to be unique and um, successful in your photography, I think it's a great idea to try and, and really find your own voice, your own unique style. And I think this is really understanding why you do what you do and how mm-hmm. you approach it is a good way to get into that. Yep, absolutely. Definitely. All right. So have you ever been to an I'm Elvis show? Uh, a real, like the real Elvis? Well, no. Because he's he no never with us. He wasn't allowed to leave the United States because his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, was apparently an illegal um, um, resident in, in America. And so if he left, he would have been deported. Ordered. So that's why Elvis never got to tour and missed out on all that um, all that money. So really? have I been to an Elvis? Yeah, did you know that? No. There you go. So okay. I have not been to an Elvis show. Have you? No, but I've recently discovered that there is the Australian Bon Jovi show. Oh, so I'm gonna and I'm what's gonna the what's 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 the lead singer like? I don't know. I've been doing some research on the internet. There is a there is a pub that um, they apparently play at. So we'll see. I'll let you know. But you can just see the real thing, Val. We've done that. I've been three times. No, with I'll you. close my eyes. I'll close my eyes. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's not the same. But I know that it's okay. Anyway, let's go on. All right. So, um, all right. So, let's talk about uh, the uh, different types of photographer and see if you actually recognise yourself. And let's see if we can find you in this list, Valerie. Yeah. All right. So, hopefully. Uh, some of these types will um, you might recognize yourself in these descriptions or you may turn out to be as many people are a combination of many of these styles so the first one Val is Mm -hmm. the pixel peeper the um, pixel so peeper. I see a, 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 a pixel peeper. I see a lot of this type of photographer in uh, the different online forums and things like that. So the pixel peeper will spend uh, most of their time examining their images at pixel level. So they're mm-hmm. obsessed with noise mm-hmm. or the limit. You know, removing noise, sharpness of the image. Resolution, lens type, accurate colors, and basically technical perfection. So, kind of the pixel peeper is the uh, camera manufacturer's uh, sort of dream customer because they can spit out all the specs and say, you know, this this uh, will give you 50 million megapixels. It's uh, you know the sharpest lenses and it'll be you know the autofocus is even sharper than before and, and the pixel people is going to go oh my god this is going to be the best camera ever so mm. they love all that so the pixel people knows 
every spec on every lens, camera, and gadget on the market. They'll that that that's what they fixate on. Okay, yeah. and they'll they'll be in the forums and they'll be commenting on why the EFM seven three thousand isn't as good as the EFM seven one thousand. And you know, the pixel peeper can can be that in you know, a car lover can also be like a rev head that's uh, you, you know, is attracted to the specs and revs of a car and they'll know how they'll they'll be able to quote all of that. So it's a particular type of person that that loves these the 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 little specks of of a camera so the problem with and and it's not a bad thing it's good it's great to know all this stuff and be able to just like draw on and be attracted to to this sort of information and know what lens is going to give you this particular look what 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 settings are going to give you the least amount of noise how to get the best sharpness in your images and all of that but on the downside the being that sort of uh, pixel peeper is like you the, the the obsession with perfection on the downside it's kind of like um you, you know when you see people that, that uh, work in a suit every day suit and tie the you know hairs up or up in a very tight neat bun um mm. you know that technical perfection every day um it's kind of good every now and then to let your hair down and have casual Friday, you know. Yeah, Don't, don't sure. you love that? You yeah. know, and wear the jeans and just to rough things up a bit. Now, the good thing about being like focusing on that technical perfection is that if you're working in high-end advertising, product photography, where it is absolutely essential that the colours are exact of the product and, you know, like obviously, it needs to be pin sharp if you're shooting uh, jewelry at in at a macro level, and you don't you can't have any uh, scratches on the product, and or if you're shooting, uh, you know, highly reflective glass or cars or things like that. That that sort of photography requires the the skills of someone who recognizes all these things. Okay. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's essential. So it's, it's a great skill to have, you know, particularly in these areas of photography and, but, but every now and then it would be great for the pixel paper just to let their hair down. And as I said, have the casual <laughs> fr- Friday. So it's like being too much of a tech head can lead to like when everything is a hundred percent perfect it can be a little boring Val it's kind of sometimes the imperfections that can make the photography exciting so if everything is absolutely pin pin sharp the 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 color tones graduate graduate beautifully everything is perfection 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 it can be a little dull so the the thing that a pixel peeper perhaps needs to um, incorporate into their workflow is to maybe uh, learn to loosen up a little bit and uh, you know not not constantly be striving for absolute perfection and uh, work out ways just to uh, yeah occasionally have the casual Friday and bring that into uh, that that sort of looser style into their work. 
Yeah, I love it. It's like that concept, I'm sure that you've mentioned it before, wabi-sabi, the Japanese aesthetic concept where it's about um, – uh, it, it, it's described, I mean, where beauty is described as what's imperfect or incomplete. Yeah, or, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's the cracks that, you yeah. know, that, that yeah, because yeah. good, 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 good description, Val. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, so next, and this is not, good, what, what do you say? Good talk. That's your <laughs> Um, (laughs) I started saying it after um, I watched Entourage, the movie, because Sloane says it to Eric, good talk. And then I've been saying it ever since. And then in Iron Man, one of the Iron Mans, Iron Man comes and he, you know, why, there's this big battle and he wipes out all of the baddies, this whole army of baddies, and they're all strewn across the um, uh, across the, the room. And he finishes and he says, good talk. And if you listen very carefully, one of the kind of, you know, injured bodies um, lifts his head up and goes, no, it wasn't. Sorry. <laughs> Cracks me up every time. Sorry, I just had to share. Let's do you get back on track. Is that an accident, or is that do you, re- you think that they go? Someone did it as a joke, and they go, oh, "No, no, let's keep that in." <laughs> I don't know, but it was good. And when I tried to convince people that it was in this movie, no one would believe me until I finally found it on YouTube and could tell them. Oh, anyway, there you go. That's you, a nice little uh, side um... side chat. Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the the next um, style of uh, type of photographer is, and it's kind of similar to the pixel paper, but not yeah. exactly, and that's the tech head. Oh, uh, yes, I, we all know one of those. Do we? Right, of course we do. Uh, yeah, of so course. So the tech head loves learning the science of photography. So you probably know the inverse square law uh, and you will be able to cite the the download speed, the difference between USB 3.0 and Thunderbolt or you speak – when you talk about lighting, you're going to talk in um, terms like ratios, all right, and you don't say white point, you'd say 255. Um, You know, you use a light meter and you also understand, probably understand how to read tides and sunsets so that you can get out and know exactly – where the sun's going to be at a specific time uh, of the year in a certain place so you can get that magic shot. You are Mm. the type of person that would read the manual when you get new equipment and know Mm. what everything does and how to do it. And you understand the rules of composition, the rules of lighting, the rules of color. You're all about understanding the rules. So these are all excellent traits to have as a photographer because basically it is a technical um, uh, art form, right? You Mm. need to understand the techniques to be able to create the great images. And if you want to be the kind of photographer that can replicate great images consistently, then this is the type of stuff that you need to know. But again, Mm. 
being too hung up on things like um, technique and ratios and rules of composition, rules of lighting and rules of color can, again, lead you to create images that are clinical, repetitive and stiff. So it's great to know all those rules and you should know all those rules and be able to uh, and also to know how to use your camera inside and out and how to use your lighting and how to apply it in different situations that's going to give you the most consistent results but always uh, following this one two three step process with everything you do is going to create images that like I said can end up looking too clinical so mm. it's good to know the rules but occasionally you want to break them so that you do have some personality in your images all right so that's Definitely. the next type of photographer the tech head and uh, uh, I identify with this fellow the tech head yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not all of it, but parts of it. So um, half, half of it. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm interested to know the rest so then I can see where I think you'd go. Where you are? Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, where I think you'd go. <laughs> right. All right. So the next one, the workshop junkie. Oh, Yes. Okay, and so we know a lot of these people. So the workshop and education junkie is addicted to the thrill of learning new techniques and loves the excitement of the shiny new things. Mm. So these photographers love to participate in the group activities. It's quite a thrill going to workshops because you get to do all this stuff, you learn all these techniques, you come home with uh, these great images and uh, often mm. meet a lot of uh, other people. So they're also the, – the workshop junkies would probably also be members of another 700 online groups. So you're in mm. all – that. you'll join all the different photography groups. You'll also – so be subscribed to every single uh, online learning platform that there is and you probably listen to 20 or 30 different photography podcasts and probably subscribe to a few uh, different YouTube channels as well. So mm -hmm. that there is a positive to this and that is that being a member of a tribe I think is uh, extremely rewarding. Photography on its own can be a very lonely existence. It's basically mm. you and your camera. So it's great to have like-minded people that you can share the new discoveries or a photo with because let's face it, sometimes – you know, you'll discover something new and do something that you know is great, but you'll show it to your friends and family and they go, yeah, so, you know, mm. you get that response all the time. Yeah, so I don't understand. But then you'll post that exact photo into your favourite group and everyone will go, oh, my God, that's amazing. So you get yeah. that, you know, you get that immediate response and support back from the people who understand how difficult it was to to take that particular image. So that that's the rewarding part of being part of all these tribes. And when you attend workshops that are taught in, in the right way, you know, often that, that it can be that moment where no matter how much you read something or do something, it's 
in that workshop that you finally go, oh, and the penny drops, and you you it, that 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 can be the the catalyst to give you the confidence to take your work to the next level because you finally like something finally clicks in that workshop and many online forums. That's so true because sometimes it does take you being explained in a different way multiple times before something clicks. And sometimes it does have to be a lot. I had 20 aha moments in India, Val, believe it Mm -hmm. or not. And, um, you know, there was stuff that had been uh, explained to me and I, you know, thought I understood it, but then there was someone who came in and explained it in a different way. And I went, oh, so Mm. it was just like, and that's fantastic when that happens. So the other thing about that, there are online forums that give you the luxury of having like one-on-one mentors. And so you also have the ability to uh, learn at your own pace and the comfort of your own space. So you don't have to actually travel to a a location at a certain time, especially if you're working full time, you can learn at your own pace. So it's great for that. The disadvantages of being a workshop junkie and having all this information flooding in from all these different sources is it can be like an overload, overkills, and you can start to get mixed messages, Um, Mm. particularly if you're a newbie and you're not sure what direction to go in. And it's kind of like, imagine if uh, you were getting dressed in the morning, Val, and Mm -hmm. you you sat there and you weren't sure which T-shirt, Kind of, or you don't wear t-shirts. Which um, I do. I'm wearing one right which, now. You do wear t-shirt. Which dress? Which shoes? Which jewelry? The whole combination, right? Bag, jewelry, like there's quite a few variables, and how to wear mm. your hair. Now, yes. if you had a webcam in your wardrobe and you like could post like how's this outfit and then you could mm-hmm. people could look into your wardrobe and see what you had in there and you put it out there to the world wide web what should i wear today mm-hmm. how many different um how many opinions. different opinions lots lots now if you're a person who is unsure about what colour goes with what, what shoes you should wear and, and, you know, how to wear your hair. If you don't, mm. like you haven't studied, you know, what works well enough to be confident, you're going to be influenced by who? Is it? It's probably the loudest voice, do you reckon, that says you yeah. should wear your hair up, you should wear the green, bright green patent leather shoes, yes, and then everyone's going, yeah, that's amazing. And so – if you haven't kind of worked out exactly who you are as a person and what you really like, because this takes some time to actually know, really know in your heart, this is who I am and this is what I love, you're going to be influenced by lots of different people. So when you're going and being that workshop junkie and sort of spreading yourself really thin and getting 20 different kinds of opinions, I kind of think that it's – it makes it harder for you to learn. And I know everyone is uh, in a hurry to get to the end really quickly, but I think mm. sometimes taking the slower route and having fewer voices uh, guiding you at at the one time is going to make it easier for you to work out exactly who you are as a photographer 
yeah. and uh, what you love. What What do you think of that, Val? I agree. And I think one of the things with that is that when you do first start out, it is tempting to join every group there is and, as you say, go to a million different workshops. And I think that it's not a matter of um, – necessarily stopping yourself from do that if you suffer from FOMO because I would be the sort of person who would suffer from FOMO. And so I think though is I would still do all of those things but then pick the primary the the primary um, guide. So I'd still expose myself to all of those things. I would identify, okay, they all have useful things and valuable things to contribute, but pick the one that I'm actually going to go on the journey with because then you can still yeah. get the benefit on the periphery of the other stuff. But if you listen to all of them, you'll get confused, as you say, and just never get things done. But if you pick the one that you're going to go with, then, then you have a path to to follow exactly and it's, i think early early in your skill level it's very difficult when you're just venturing out it's very difficult to discern between good content and sort of uh cheap filler content and i, I think yeah. i use the wine analogy a lot like you know when i was 15 and and started raiding my parents liquor cabinet mm. um I couldn't tell the difference between what was good and what was bad. So if you gave me can't. a cheap $2, <laughs> I still – no, you know, you know now a little better you can tell – a, a $2 wine from a, maybe a $30 or $40 bottle. It, it is would, smoother. One would think doesn't that matter you after can. the third. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. But, but you know, I can, I can, I can tell a, a nice champagne from a, like a, a cheaper one. But, but it takes a long time to develop that, that, that palate and to be more discerning. So it, it, it's hard to – to, to know what that good content is. But I think it, it, it's really important to try and fill your brain with um, and your soul with more nourishing content uh, mm. and, and like th- they say this about food. If you eat a couple of really nourishing meals a day with real food like real salad, real veggies, real meat, you will fill up and feel satisfied all day. If yes, you graze on fast food like, um, you know, takeaway all day, the – you you never feel full. How many how many bags of um, crisps or uh, potato chips can you eat in a day? You, you could eat thousands of bags, but you never feel full. You can eat dozens of bag, you know, chocolate bars, never feel full. So it's the same with um, grazing on um, content like that 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 isn't uh, it, that that isn't great. I keep saying this, but I, I like I love this quote. It really resonates with me. It's quite ironic, really, because the quote is the the good shit sticks. It does, mm. you know. And so you'll you'll know when you when you find good content, and um, you, you know, because because it resonates with you. So so look for that and give give the education an opportunity to like uh, marinate and evolve. It sometimes it takes a while. It'll sit in there and you'll process and you'll process and you'll go out and do stuff and then something that you've heard a little while ago or something that someone's taught you it'll click and you'll know and and and, and then you find a way to make that your own mm, absolutely okay so what's the next one 
All right, the next one is, is the next type of photographer is the show me the money kind of photographer. Okay, so what does that mean? Obviously, it's got something to do with money. Is, yeah, yeah. So your photography is your business and you are taking coming in from a business perspective. So this is your uh, primary interest and your um, what, what you focus on the most and it's actually what you're really good at. So you're about the money. So you know and understand and are excited by SEO, you know, and, and, and you know, and there are people like this that you just talk to them about SEO and their eyes light up. And so they know how to package and promote the product, the product, which is you and your photography. And you know, you've actually worked out what your profit margin is per image. You've done the math. You understand that. You know you can outsource your editing because you know that your time is better spent somewhere else and you're you're happy to do that. And you probably understand how you can scale your photography business to take it to the next level. You are Focusing primarily on profit, that's your bottom line and you will let some stuff go um, because if, if, if it doesn't um, make you more money, then it's not worth spending the extra five minutes sharpening an image that no one's ever going to see. Do, do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're measuring success. Success is measured, bottom line, in dollars. So photographers that adopt this business model will usually be very successful Okay, so and mm-hmm. and I've seen it done. I've seen photographers scale their business and do really, really well. So making money is necessary for survival. It's really important. So, but if it's the only driving force behind your business, then the many photographers may end up suffering from either burnout or mm. you know loss of job satisfaction so you need to be careful about this so i think i think the show me the money photographer is something that everyone needs to have as part of their personality in as a photographer i think it's important there is a lot of photographers that say i'm an artist i don't care about money i don't need to know any of this but it's Mm. important and yes you should care and you should value your work and what you do so i think it is um i think you should be serious about making money because if you make money uh, at, at part of the photography it allows you to do maybe other kinds of photography where uh, you can be more free in your style and actually express yourself and do the kind of work you really want to do. So I think it's really important that you value what you do and learn and understand. Uh, you don't have to understand everything, but at least look into and know about the best business practices that suit your st- style of photography because I think um, it'll make a, a huge difference to um how 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 you enjoy the 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 whole process because it's a big part of uh, of being a photographer. Yeah, definitely, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. All right, so the next uh, the next kind Val is the rock star. <laughs> so yes. the rock star. 
wants to be a photographer because they're about they want to be famous and they're about the you know because this is a good way to get famous and they're attracted to the social media like and the rock star is going to fixate Mm. on the numbers and like you know let's get my get the social media following up into the hundreds of thousands of likes Mm. people like your work that means i'm popular that means i'm successful I'm a rock star, right? And that's what they focus on. Now, Valerie, being popular doesn't (laughs) always mean something is good. And we can name lots of examples of stuff that's super, super popular, but it's not necessarily good. So Mm -hmm. if you focus – on 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 basically likes then probably that that sort of photographer isn't going to be um sort of pitching their work to the most discerning uh of markets you you're sort of appealing to uh the the, the lowest common denominator so that they're not really fans of photography they're just like out there liking everything basically so um it's a fickle market. So the quicker they like you, the quicker they're going to jump off as well. So it's like, you know, a, a one hit, can you name a one hit wonder? Millie Vanilli, right? <laughs> <laughs> Loved, were so popular for a minute, but what happened? They didn't sing their songs. <laughs> they, didn't, they cheated, didn't they? <laughs> so. If something gets hot really quickly, uh, chances are um, it's it, it cools down just as fast. And I think I gave the analogy about uh, building fires when I went on my first camping trip and I was trained uh, that there was a guy there that was like a professional uh, ranger and he showed us all how to build a proper fire. You put uh, the kindling first, then the big logs go on and then you've got to wait and there was this whole long process. And I looked at it and I went... <laughs> that's not how you build a fire. I can build a fire. So I went and got heaps of kindling and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't need the big logs. And I just budged it all together with lots of leaves, eucalyptus leaves, and I lit (laughs) a massive fire. It was huge. And like, check it out. I got a big fire and everyone else was still like sitting there blowing on their fire, fanning their fire, trying to get it working. I was laughing going, I've got the biggest fire here. Look at me. I'm a hero. And it was huge, (laughs) huge bonfire. But then what happened, Val? I had the biggest fire. It went out because I didn't have any substance to my fire. And, Mm. you know, that that is the danger of being the rock star photographer. It's all glitz and glitter. Um, Sadly, uh, it might fall, you know, fall apart and you lose your fire. So it is great to uh, use social media can be amazing for photographers and it's a great way to get your work out there and seen by lots of people. But uh, I think it's important to remember that uh, it's it's about being social and connecting with the right people and not just attracting um people because they think you're a rock star and and finding the sort of the wrong kind of followers. So uh, it's great to use, but, you know, in moderation, I think. 
Yeah, I think the other thing is though, um, is that the fire might not go out in the sense that they'll still be popular, but are they reaching their right target market? Because you can mm. still have a lot of followers, but not actually that does may not translate into dollars in income if they're not your target market. Exactly. So they, 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 they might be just 12-year-old girls who just like everything, you know, um, but well, they might not they, actually. Or, ever, or they might be, you might have a great, great following of photographers, but that doesn't matter if your target market is advertising agencies. Exactly. They're not, they don't they're have not to be 12-year-old girls. They could be, yeah. you know, adults who are genuinely interested in your photography, but they're not the people who are going to engage you as a photographer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So What's and there's other, other shows that we've covered this in too. Yes. So if you want to check those out on how to get build your following. So the documenter vows. So the documenter mm. is someone who uh, likes to shoot life as they see it. So this is the person that always has a camera with them and they like to communicate through their images and they love to observe life and find uh they're able to find the unique and interesting in the mundane and these people live in the moment. So it can, it can often be someone who is a little bit introverted that likes to stand back a little bit, but they're a keen observer. So that, that's the person that like you'll go out with them to a party and they'll not say a word to anyone and then you might be driving home in the car and they've like told you all this stuff that went on that you go, What? I didn't see that. When did that happen? <laughs> Who said that? When did that? Because they're there noticing. And it's these people that like as as documentary style photographers, they'll see the little details that most people will walk by. So it's a fantastic skill to have. And mm. often as a documenter, you might be like not the kind of person that actually feels comfortable doing, say, the, the style of photography where you have to engage with people and pose them and get them together. It just makes you really uncomfortable. So as this style of photographer, you could work as like a second shooter where the photographer is doing all the main stuff, but you're out there sort of cherry picking the little the little grab shots. You, you, mm. th- this also works well as like life style photography or mm. um, you could build a following documenting uh, a unique facet of, of your own life or work on personal projects where you're documenting like one little thing. So I think uh, that that kind of um, works for these people and uh, there, there are certainly like documentary style photography um, is uh, a real buzzword at the moment, but there are definitely uh, lots of areas where this style of photography can have great success. So you don't need to be that uh, in-your-face photographer that has to be hands-on all the time and uh, posing people and uh, working in that way. You can hang back and have a more sensitive kind of approach to uh, showing what you see. Yeah, that's so true. And I remember um, I I worked a couple of times with a photographer in Sydney who, um, because I met him at some event that I was emceeing, but and the organizer of the event had uh, commissioned him. But I was so impressed with the way he just hung back and was not obtrusive at all. And you honestly mm. would not have even known that he was there. And 
he came and he, but the result would be a whole, a, a wonderful documentary of, of the event. And, but the, the, the key is that he did it all as if he was a fly on the wall and you honestly yep. was, it was not intrusive at all. So it takes quite a skill, um, uh, yeah, for that, for that to happen. So I think that's very important as well, because sometimes people are actually looking for that specific thing that you're not going to be intrusive. All right. Exactly. Yeah, so you wouldn't see the rock. You wouldn't see the rock star photographer. No. Probably wouldn't be very successful doing documentary, and probably shouldn't be. You want someone mm. like this guy that can just blend in, and you know, high high profile sort of business events, and you know, government, and that sort of stuff, and celebrity events. If you can be that person that just blends into the background and gets the shots, you, you're going to get a lot of work that way. I think it's a great skill. So the next yep. one, Val, is the control freak. <laughs> so <laughs> every photo is meticulously planned. So it comes to mm. lighting, the ratios, the posing, the intention, the backstory, everything, the styling, how everyone's mm. going to look planned within an inch of its life. So this style of photographer tends to create beautifully shot images uh, and amazing images. But the downside is they, again, can be uh, a bit clinical and can lack authenticity. So Mm. um, I identify with this style, Val. (laughs) Really? What a surprise. <laughs> so my my the lesson that I've learned over the years is to uh, relax more in the photography. And honestly, when I was first starting, maybe first uh, fifteen years of shooting, uh, even twenty years, I'm going to say, uh, everyone that stepped in front of my camera was posed and lit <laughs> within an inch of their life, and they weren't allowed to deviate from my. <laughs> You know, it was like this is how I want you to sit and and this is how I want you to look and this is the intention behind the shot. And if they couldn't get it, I would get so frustrated. It's like how hard can it be to sit like that? What is wrong with these people, you know? And then um, it was actually working with a, a lot of comedians that I learned to let go more and to allow the photo to evolve and so to allow people to um, be themselves more in an image and to to make the photo shoot more of a partnership where they gave me something and I kind of like um, tweaked a little bit but didn't have such a heavy hand on the images and this is now the style that I shoot so uh, today which is i i have an idea i'll have guidelines foul like little bumpers that the, mm. this is kind of the general area that i need you to be and this is mm-hmm. kind of the general shape that i'm thinking for this image and i'll put them in that but then i'll give them the opportunity to uh recreate that in their own way so and but you, that's not what, everyone, what, isn't it? Is that that's not like comp- uh, people who, uh, you know, like a, a business person who doesn't know how to pose, is it? It's what – are you referring just to the comedians and actors or what are you referring no, to? No, no, this is to everyone. So basically right. I give them a starting point 
and I'll have like a specific starting point, but I'm a bit more relaxed in how I allow them to um, interpret that because I've found that the more rigid I am in what I want them to do, um, particularly if it's someone who there, there are a type of person that just no matter how you show them something, they just never get it, right? Mm. You have to let go with those people and let them relax and find their own thing because ultimately you want something that, that they do end up looking relaxed. So I'm more focused in bringing out a more relaxed version of them rather than someone looking uptight and kind of like what how I wanted them to pose. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, yeah, you know? that makes sense. So, so I've got a basic outline of what I want them to look. It's like, you know, a colouring book that like here are the lines, here is where I want you to colour, but I don't mind if they go over the line sometimes. Mm, I don't mm. mind. Sure, um, okay. So – the other thing I found, and this was completely by accident, I found that the best stuff happens when I leave room for plan B. So I always right. I, I always turn up to a shoot. It's like, okay, here's the shot I have in mind. But it's impossible to get that when you've got like, say I've got a cast shot and it's nine people that I'm working with, nine personalities, mm. and I want – you have to be standing like this. You need to be sitting here. You're you're under here. This is the vibe I want you. You're going to be juggling over here and you give nine people with different personalities uh, a certain job. Uh, chances are that two out of the group are going to throw a spanner in the work and either not do it or change something. Now, I can either get really annoyed and go, no, I'm not not shooting until everyone does exactly what I want. It's my shit. (laughs) But Mm. it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. You have to allow for that organic um, evolution of the shot to happen. So it plan B. So someone who ends up sitting down and then you notice that the way they've put themselves in the chair is actually better than how I imagined it. So I go with that. And, and so I allow the, the, um, the shot to develop, uh, on its own or organically so they can color outside the lines a little bit and I end up getting a shot that looks a lot freer and uh, a little bit more authentic. So the other thing about plan B is I might have a location that I've planned. I like here, it's this, this, this wall here. I'm going to have you here. I'm going to light it like that. I always remember that as I'm finishing the shot to look around look around the corner, look up the street, look for something else because I nine times out of ten I'll always find another shot that I didn't plan that just happens to to be there and it, that's usually the one that I'm just always in love with. That It's that happy little accident that, mm. that, that you look out for as well. Yeah, so, sure. It's great. It's fantastic to be a control freak and have all of those things listed and come in and have like an idea of like a pre-visualized image in your head. That's a great thing. That's how you take um, uh, next level photos where you've got an idea of what you want. But um, if you're too regimented in that approach, then you're going to end up with stuff that just looks too tight and controlled and uh, it, it, it lacks authenticity. Mm. I like it. Be control freak, but not too much. 
Yeah, yeah, not too much of a control freak. So finally, Val, uh, yes. the artist. The artist. Oh, yes. The artist. Uh, so the artist uh, is constantly is thinking who's... about. No, go on. You go on. So the artist is a kind of photographer who's constantly uh, thinking about uh, capturing a mood or a feeling or a vibe. So in their images, there's depth. Now, the advantage of the artist photographer is they've already come into it with great taste and a great eye. The artist isn't afraid to experiment and take risks. The other thing about an artist is they're going to create work that is often unique and often ahead of its time. So the the problem with being that artist and seeing things so differently is often the artist at first is misunderstood. And we see this time and time again through history where like the artist will put their stuff out there, the masses will look at it and go, I don't understand it, therefore it must be shit. And, uh, you know, but then 20 years later or 10 years later or even five years later, everyone goes, everyone catches up in their taste and goes, oh, my God, no, you're just ahead of its time. This stuff is amazing. So I think the lesson for the artist is to uh, stick to what they do and uh, know that not everyone is going to like what you do. It's not generally not going to appeal to the masses, but just sort of um, stay true to what you do. So... One of the downsides of the artist, and it's not always the case, is there are some, not all, uh, there is a, a percentage of artists that that maybe uh, struggle with uh, the technical side of photography. Now, the the developments in photography have made it a lot easier, and I know I have a lot of friends that went through art school with me that actually dropped out because the technical side of photography bamboozled them, and mm. today they can continue with a, having a great conti- a career in art and art photography because it's a lot easier and a lot more accessible. So that has been a great thing, but it is really important that um, – the, the, the artist can be one of the most uh, successful of photographers if they uh, combine the understanding or using their, their eye and uh, their ability and their great taste combined with uh, some technical knowledge, you can get great art. And so, like, you know, artists like Michelangelo and uh, Van Gogh and, and Warhol, they, they didn't just wing it, Val. They didn't just go, oh, we've got this great... Um, we've got these skills and we've got this great taste. We don't really mm. need to know how to, uh, you know, the, the science or the craft behind what we do. We can just wing it. They didn't. They worked hard and they were also um, great at their craft. They really understood it. So, you know, basically for the artist, having that sensitivity and taste plus hard work you can become a, an exceptional photographer so that, that you know just relying on the talent will only get you so far but talent and yes. hard work winning combination winning combination so out of those val did yes. you recognize yourself in that which one are you oh goodness me which one am i or are you a of all i think there are probably bits of me in 
in all of them, you know, maybe not so much the pixel people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's probably little bits of me in all of them. Sometimes I like being the documenter. Um, yep. I'm great at the inset shot. <laughs> at identifying the inset shot, do you know what I mean? Because that comes from a magazine editor's eye. And I do find a lot of photographers forget the inset shot and they they could actually sell more photos that way. Um, And what I mean by the inset shot for any newbies is when you are looking at a spread in a magazine and you you have a hero image of, you know, a beautiful room in, in a house, say it's a home decor magazine, or it's a huge image of Nicole Kidman, a portrait of Nicole Kidman or something, the inset shot are the smaller insets, the smaller images that go to the side of the magazine, which if it was um, a home magazine and the hero shot is the beautiful room, the inset shot is the vase of flowers or the car keys on the coffee table and that brand of car key will actually tell you something about, tell a story, tell you about the person, whether it's, you know, a Toyota or a Mercedes or whatever. So, um the inset shots uh, are not only good visually for a magazine spread, but also give people um, a, a, a huge insight if done well, um, a huge yeah. insight into into you know, the bigger story. So if you were shooting a portrait of Nicole Kidman, um, the inset shot or the shots on the next couple of pages might be simply the shot of her, um, the top of her grand piano, which has all the family photos, and that says something about her as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so part of me is documenter, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me is control freak mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Um, not, so m- <laughs> not so much in the actual shot but in the running of the day. Yes. Mm. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> Which bits are you, Gina? So I, I'm not so much of a control freak in the running of the day. I'd like that to happen organically as yes, you've uh, I know. frustratingly found out. So that's where we clash many yes. of the time. But I do like to um, – de- like, look, there are parts of me that that, that – well, focuses on the mood or vibe or feeling in a shot. There is definitely an uh, an inner artist in me um, mm. and, uh, th- like, I'm attracted to that, but I am the also the control freak and um, I am also the uh, – I wouldn't say I'm a workshop junkie, but also the uh, tech the tech head, I would say. Yes, so you I'm are a combination between mm. the the tech head. I do I I love all of that. I find that exciting. Mm. Tech head control freak artist uh, yeah, is my combo. Cool. It's good to there know. Go. It's good to identify that sort of stuff. So um, it's good to be different. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think the 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 just to sum all that up the best way to thrive as a photographer is to find a way to embrace the best parts of all of these types that you might be and um the 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 emphasis you place on whatever type of photographer is going to depend on the style of photography that you do so you could be a technical photographer and still apply art principles in but mm. you might do that by using the uh, mathematical composition uh, formulas and colors right and apply that 
like adding a little bit of art back into the technical side of the uh the way that you shoot and loosening it up, casual Friday, just remember that. And um, and you can also apply this in a scientific way or you could be that art photographer but just bring a bit more of that uh, technical side of it in. It doesn't need to be um, – you know, the majority of the way you shoot, you can still approach your work in that, um, that within the spirit of an artist, but it just knowing a bit more about how to use your camera and how everything works, can, you know, is just like you as an, a painter now, Val, you're not going to ignore the principles of uh, mixing paint. Just because you're an artist, you're going to want to know how to understand. You, know, you, you need to understand that. You mm. need to understand the difference between painting on paper with oil or painting on a canvas and how you need to um, prepare the canvas and how you need to finish it. It's important, right? Yes, yes. I think yeah, that um, so- it's also important to know that you can, um, that you don't have to be you know just one or just those three you can adapt and bring out the different types of photographer inside you out for each each individual situation so in one situation it might require you to be more of the artist in another situation it might require you to be more of the tech head and that's okay you know you can you can evolve your style based on your situation or your client or whatever it is that you want to achieve yeah, but you know, yeah, I think my great. point is to understand who you are and and why you do what you do is really going to help you um, understand what you like and be able mm. to put out work that is unique to you. Because it's not until you really know yourself that you're going to be able to cre- create that kind of unique work. So I think of this sort of self reflection uh, is really important. Yep. Definitely. All right, great. That was a cool topic, Gina. Thank you for that. Um, So what's happening with you in the coming week before we chat again? All right, so uh, I've got a shoot on early next week, so some lifestyle, and I'm also uh, working on some more stuff for Gold Community and – I think that's and then catching up on my sleep, Val. That's uh, <laughs> and TV watching. I haven't oh, watched yes. TV for ages. I can't wait. I'm so excited. What about you? Yes. Uh, what about me? I have a shoot on tomorrow, actually, and the control freak in me Ooh. has planned it. I've sent the call oh, sheet out. Of course. Have and you got a? What, no, hang on, hang on. You send I've out even what, timed, what, what are the Excel spread? Excel. No, it's not an Excel, Excel sheet. But I have what even have timed, worked out the the time frame for each shot. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I grouped them into threes. So I've worked yeah. out the time frames for each shot. And yeah. um, uh, and so I've got – I'm going to do exciting things like – because we're not near the shops. I'm going to do exciting things like have to go to the supermarket and buy the lunch and snacks so that they're ready to go so that we, you know, oh, yeah. don't waste time going to the supermarket um, in the middle of the day and, and stuff like That's that. That's important so, on a shoot. you got to keep everyone happy and fed because that keeps the yes. energy levels up. It, that That's the, probably the most important part, water, coffee, food. Snacks. Music. Yes. Oh, music. Mm. Yes. Music. I didn't think about the music, but I will. 
Yeah. 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 So yeah, shoot tomorrow, um, which I'm producing, and um, that's gonna. I'm gonna be tired by tomorrow night. Of yeah. course, if we were living in the same city, Gina, I'd shoot with you, but we're not in the same city right now. But we will be shooting with each other yeah, in no, a few weeks, so that's exciting. Yeah, no, in two weeks. Yeah, for Is sure. Is it two weeks? Jeez. Wow. Okay. Three weeks. All right. So mm. where do we find you online, Gina? So you can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. So all social media is at Gina Militia. And if you want to connect with me personally, you can maybe check out the Gold community. So that's uh, – we, we've already talked about that today. So but basically we've got over 200 tutorials in there. I do uh, a live AMA every week. So every month, That's so it's a, an ask, ask me anything. anything. I do photo critiques where I'll take your photo and basically uh, film me uh, critiquing creative, cr- constructive critique of the image. So I might suggest uh, different lighting styles that you can try or other post-production techniques or often people are struggling with uh, issues to do with skin retouching or how to uh, act light a, uh, a large group so we, we workshop all of that uh, type of stuff and we've got photographers from all over the world that are, that are in there sharing uh, resources and advice for each other in, in the uh, the Facebook group there so yeah it's a it's a, a, a great thing to do so maybe check that out too. So if you want to check that out, go to ginamilitia.com and click on Join the Community. Uh, And you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, um, I'm also in the Gold community and it's, it's great to connect with everyone in there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.